0: Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation Radio Show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And welcome to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. My name is Andrew Downs. Each and every week, we've got all your Hawkeye talk right here on KXNO, 7 o'clock on Thursday nights. And if you miss any of the show, check it out at HawkeyeNation.com or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Hawkeye Nation, HawkeyeNation.com is the one and only place you need to go to get all of your Hawkeye content, a lot of great coverage over there. Uh, I do several podcasts a week. Uh, We got great writers, great analysts, uh, really cool things going on over there. Uh, We are powered by Hawkeye Nation and powered by the Polk County Eye Club and our fearless leader at both of those organizations is Joe Schmelke. And Joe joins me here once again tonight. What's up, Joe? How you
1: doing? How you doing, Andrew? How you doing? Uh, uh, Tough week, man. Tough weekend. Kind of getting... uh... When you're two weeks into the season and you kind of get this dark cloud over you, you know, you got to step back and go, hey, sun's going to come up tomorrow. We're one and one. But, uh, I don't know, it's a little difficult, isn't
0: it? It it really is, man. And, you know, what a difference two weeks makes. Two weeks ago tonight, you and I are doing this show, and I like that, that was as excited as I've been. You know, just doing this show with you got me so excited for the season. That carried into Saturday morning, and I'm just, you know, jacked for the season. Here we go. And now here we are two weeks later, Joe, and yeah, it just feels like the the air has been let out of that balloon uh, in a lot of ways, and and the conversation around this program right now uh, really everywhere is just not fun. This is not what I expected two weeks into the year.
1: No, it's not, but you know, the the one thing I take away from uh, the Iowa State game in particular is, you know, they have a playmaker, and uh, it's number eight Hutchison. And he makes everybody around him better. He makes his quarterback better. Uh, he opens up the running game for them. Um, I think he opens up some of the passing game a little bit. I mean, he's a he's a stud. I mean, he's he's an excellent player. And you know, watching him in person on Saturday, you really saw that. Um, even that one in the end zone where he went up, he almost had that one-handed with I think two guys hanging on him. You know, early in the game. Um, but anyway, uh, we just don't have it. I mean. We have nothing. We do not have a playmaker on offense right now. We have Arlen Bruce, and he's playing out of position. Um, you know, we we we've got to get some wide receivers healthy. and I, I don't I care if you're Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, with the Packers. You know, you you lose uh, Adams, and you, you don't have your stud. We just we just don't have any studs on offense right now. And until we get some of these guys back, even when we get them back, like you and I were just talking. I mean, we kind of go from horrible to you know maybe we, maybe we get to mediocre, but but as good as our defense is and as good as our our, our kicking game, our, our special teams I think is really good. We're still not sure about our our field goal team, but our field goal kickers. But you know, it, it, it can turn on a dime too, right? I mean, if we can get Keegan, if we can get Keegan back and uh, get uh, get Nico, get Reganey back. And uh, you know maybe a little later in the season we get this vines guy back and get our offensive line up mm-hmm. a bit. Get Gavin Williams back. He's a guy. You know, I think Lashawn Williams number four. He just runs over people for the most part, right? Yeah. I think Gavin can catch the ball a lot better out of the backfield. He's a playmaker. You know he can make he can make linebacker miss and, and gain ten yards right now. I don't know if there's anybody on the team that can make anybody miss and gain 10 yards, right? Maybe LaPorta. Yes. Yeah, it's it's just a very, very boring, very disheartening offensive performance, and it's kind of got us all a little bit of gloom and doom. And, um, you know, if not for a couple of turnovers at the goal line, one in each game, you know, maybe it wouldn't be quite so bad. But, uh, yeah, it's – it's not the start to the season we're hoping
0: for. It, it's it's not. It's not. And, you, and you're exactly right about all those injuries and kind of the playmakers things. And and there are lar- larger conversations to be have and, uh, to be had. And, and we'll we'll have a lot of conversation here today about uh, things like the quarterback and you know what what should be done there. Things like the offensive system and the scheme and, and all of that. But um, uh, Kirk Ferentz is taking a lot of bullets this week, and and some of that is you know certainly rightfully so. Uh, he's he's putting an offense out there that is uh, the worst in the country statistically by a long shot and that's just unacceptable at this point but I do think what he said after the game um, which is you know we just haven't had a chance to really fairly assess Spencer Petrus uh, as of late this season because of all of these injuries I do think there's some merit to that because of everything that you just laid out Joe Uh, if you're not with if you don't have playmakers now you can question recruiting and development and all of that, but the bottom line is we don't have guys who are ready to play at this level right now or at least not ready to, to you know be explosive and and help this offense move the ball down the field. You just wonder how much different will this look? Uh, could it look? Would it have looked if uh, if you did have a full complement of players? Guys like Gavin Williams and Keegan Johnson. Hopefully Nico Regani will be back this week. It sounds like uh, Gavin Williams will be back this week. I think Keegan's probably still at least another week away. Uh, but just the, the, the positive news we're getting injury wise could really you know change this offense night and day and as you said it's never going to be a top 10 offense it just isn't but a mediocre offense a medium offense a decent offense with this defense you can still win a lot of games this season this season is far from over Joe
1: yeah absolutely absolutely I mean our offense wasn't good last year you know I mean you go once you get past 10 fake games um, we, we really faltered. We should have won the bowl game. Uh, you know, we really ran that same play. I'll call it the Penn State, you know, we're gaining touchdown play. And yeah. against Penn State, we ran the same play against Kentucky, and Peter Sober running by 10 yards. Um, you know, you, 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 when the play is there, and it's not there that often, but when the play is there or your guy is open, um, whatever, you got to hit him. I mean, you've you, you got to hit him, and even in this, even in this Iowa State game, there were four or five times where maybe it's only a four or five, six yard game, but it's something. And and we are certainly not equipped to be in a third and ten, you know, type offense. I mean, we're we're a heck of a lot better. Everybody is right when you're when you're at you know, third and six or third and four or third and two, and you are with a third and ten, and we just. We couldn't make the we couldn't make some of those little plays and and uh, and and that to me is on Petrus. I mean, he is just he's not accurate right now. I'm hearing, uh, you know, you and I talked before. I'm hearing that in practice, you know, that that is just he's not practicing that great either. So I don't I don't think we've got a really good quarterback or you know, Lavis. Uh, I don't think he's ready to go yet. Although it is awfully peculiar to see uh, Deuce Hogan. And uh, he's the backup quarterback at Kentucky, a two and zero SEC Kentucky team. And Deuce Hogan, you know, who last spring Kirk was afraid to you know put him in there and anything. Um, all of a sudden, he's the number two quarterback at Kentucky. I don't I don't get it. I mean, there's, there's just there's just weird stuff with our quarterback room that. That, uh that I don't understand and I think most fans don't understand
0: it, right? yeah and yeah you, you Kentucky coached by a former Iowa guy Mark Stoops and you, you just wonder yeah what what is it about this offense that's so because we heard Alex pidia say after the bowl game last year that it takes a couple of years maybe even three years in the program to really have this offense down and he was just kind of getting to the point where he felt like he had that down but you watch this offense and you wonder how could it be that complicated they, they're they're kind of doing the same things they've always done um, and and all the talk in the offseason season was, well, we've simplified some of those things. And, and, you know, moving Brian to to quarterback's coach was going to kind of – Streamline some of that process and uh, and and make it a little easier. But yeah, as you said, you see, you know, one of your quarterbacks go and kind of pick up another offense right away, and that offense seems to be doing a heck of a lot better than our offense. And uh, well, yeah, so w- where is the issue there? I-, I did think it was interesting last week, Joe. We we got some time with Brian Ferentz, who's the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach, obviously, uh, and and he was a little more pointed in his criticism of Petrus than we've heard Kirk be. Now Kirk is a very diplomatic guy. He's never going to come out, especially especially. especially for a guy like Petrus, who has built up a lot of goodwill in that program and in that building and and for a lot of good reasons, all the good things that we've all said about him. Uh, But Brian Ferencz was a little more pointed in his criticism, saying things like, yeah, the offensive line maybe isn't doing great, but there are still throws there to be made. There are still plays to be made. You still need to deliver the ball where it needs to get. And so – it Then leads I think a lot of people to wonder if is is there some sort of divide even within the coaching staff, uh, maybe within the team about who is who should be the the starting quarterback moving forward, as you said uh, we 've heard Alex Padilla is not playing well in practice. We hear that Spencer Peters is a fantastic practice player it 's just not showing up on the field on Saturdays, and that gets really, really frustrating, Joe, because you, you just want this team to be you, – you don't want to waste this level of defense. Uh, you don't want to waste this bad of a Big Ten West where it's just there for the taking. And you really don't want to, don't want to see the end of the Kirk Ferentz era, whenever that may come, uh, to go down in a bad way. You don't want to see the, the cupboard left bare or anything like that. And so there's just all of these big questions that, that come out of a game like this and a start to a season like this uh, that are just kind of troubling all around right now.
1: Yeah, and and you know, I don't know. Any anytime, I own a couple small businesses, and I think anytime you hire, you know, family members and things like that, you, 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 anywhere you 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 increase—I want to say—increase the risk. But but you know, it just, it just can lead to a whole other issue. And and Kirk decided to promote Brian to offensive coordinator, and early on, he did some good things. I mean, gosh, let's not forget. You know, I went out to the holiday bowl and watched us, you know, uh, beat the crap out of uh out of uh USC and and uh you know, we all know what we did to Ohio State and oh that was Brian too and Penn State game. That was Brian. Yeah. But the last ten games, man, something is something has just fallen apart. We're we're not scoring since the Penn State game. Um, we're not moving the ball. Uh Spencer can't find anybody open in the red zone. You got great tight ends. Um, you know, it's just, it just, it just not working. I don't know how else to describe it. And, and, and you can watch certain stats. A friend of mine pointed out <clears throat> that we ran 15 or more plays with, uh, with the fullback mm. in the backfield on Saturday. And I, I think he said all, almost all of them were running plays, and they averaged like one, one yard per rush when we had the fullback. In the game, I mean that's not working, and yet, and yet twenty percent of our plays were with the fullback, you know, in the backfield, and uh, it's it, it just it, I don't know. You, you, you scratch your head, like you. we, we just do. But but I think, like I said, I think from Peterson's point of view and from Kirk's point of view and things like that, we're we're playing with, and uh, we're not playing with a full deck right now. Um, we got to get a couple guys back. We we get Gavin back this week, um, I think, and I think you'll see some passes, easy swing passes, you know, out of the out of the backfield. And, and he's kind of a guy, like I said, can make a linebacker miss, maybe not take it to the house or anything, but 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 gain seven yards instead of two yards. And and that's what this offense needs. It, it needs to it needs to break a tackle. It needs to gain you know, four or five yards on a play instead of two and one and, you know, and, and, and Spencer's got to find a way, you know, to do a better job of hitting a receiver when he's open. Um, he's just, I don't know, he just seems slow. He just, he's, he, he's not surveying the field, whatever. And, you know, we're all just armchair quarterbacks, but but something, something, something's been wrong since the Penn State game. It's, it's, not, it's not just these two games this year. Um, and I, and I think if you listen to Chad Leisikoff, you know, that interview or uh, questioning at the press conference, you know, he's really questioning Kirk. Well, what's his body of work? I mean, we scored seven, seven, three. He had three interceptions in this game. We all saw him play in the bowl game. And then, you know, the first two games this year, it, it's, it has not been good. And, and a lot of that is on Spencer. You've got to throw the ball accurately particularly when your offense is struggling somebody's got to step up and and
0: make some plays and you know I'm, I'm, I'm I made the case earlier this week right here on the the Hawkeye Nation podcast network uh, the the show I, I did on Monday that it, it's time to move to Padilla just for the reason you know not because I don't like Spencer Petris or anything like that or I, I, I know more about football than, than Kirk Ferentz, but it felt like if you were to give the the keys to Padilla this week, let him get right. Let him gain some confidence. Let the fans cheer him. I mean, I feel so bad for Spencer Petras. I know the fans aren't booing him personally, but he's the one who feels them. Um, and and that that's such a tough environment for him to be in right now. Kind of get rid of that uh, on Saturday night. Let Padilla come in. Let him gain some some momentum, some rhythm with this offense, with some playmakers. Maybe get some guys back. Maybe get the offensive line. Get get him moving a little bit more. Um, And you know because you got a pretty bad Nevada team coming in, and so you have this opportunity to really kind of correct some things before things get real. And you know you go to Rutgers, and Rutgers is a team that you should be able to beat, but that's going to be a night game next Saturday night at Rutgers, and then then it gets really real because Michigan comes to town, and you don't have any more time to kind of mess around with this. You've you've given up all of the time you had to figure this out, and so it felt like if you give it to Padilla now and let him kind of take ownership of this team and of this program and go into this. Nevada game and gain some confidence, feel good about things. Then maybe you can move forward the rest of the season. And you know, we we saw Alex Padilla play last year. He didn't light the world on fire. He had an opportunity to take this job both in season last year and in the off season this year, and he wasn't able to do it. So I don't believe that Alex Padilla coming in is going to night and day change this offense. But it does feel like something needs to change, and that's the most obvious piece that that's just not going right right now. Um, I do see Kirk Ferentz's. Uh, thinking here that he he obviously truly believes, and Joe, I'll dismiss out of hand anybody who says he's doing this just out of stubbornness or out of pride. I don't believe that. Uh, it's it's an easy thing that fans like to say on social media. I do not believe that. I, I think Kirk Ferentz truly believes that Spencer Petras gives this team the best chance to win moving forward, and I think that he thinks – this could be a get-right game for him against Nevada, that if he can go out there against a lesser defense and gain some of that confidence, get some of his players back. All the things I just said about Padilla, that that maybe it sparks Spencer Petras to have a really good season. It just feels like at this point, at least within the fan base, Joe, uh, the Spencer Petras train has kind of left the station, and I don't know that he could do anything Saturday night that'll get people feeling confident moving forward.
1: No, I I, I, I think you're exactly right. I think he's. it's kind of like you hear a lot of um, he's had his chance, um, you know, yeah, he's won some games, but did he really win the games or was it more like our defense was in a great position to win the games and he executed. I mean, he's he's kind of a you know, you do that field manager thing, right? He wasn't making a lot of mistakes before. But now often he's making more and more mistakes. Um, nine interceptions, he's you know, he's fumbled a couple of times. I don't know, that's not necessarily his fault. But you also look at at Spencer. And remember, he came in in the second half in the Nebraska game, right? When Padilla was was struggling a little bit, yeah. Padilla looked pretty good against I think it was was it Illinois and yeah uh,
0: Minnesota
1: Minnesota. And and then he struggled in the Nebraska game, and we brought uh, Spencer. And I think at the second start of the second half, yeah. and um, you know, Spencer came back in and played very well. So he's not going to crush Spencer to. They have to sit on the bench for a half or a quarter or a couple of series. Um, I think you can run a whole different group of plays, but he is obviously, you know, more mobile than Spencer is. I mean, I might be more mobile than Spencer is, you know, <laughs> and I'm sixty. Um, but but you can run, you can run some more of these roll out, you know, run pass options, um, quarterback draws, um, uh, you know some of these things that that we desperately need at quarterback. I mean, uh, uh, when we've been our best, we've had a dual option quarterback, a, a dual threat quarterback, a guy that can run. Brad Banks, you know, even uh, you know Stansy wasn't a runner, but but he could. He could, he could move scramble. a little bit, yeah. Well, he could scramble, and he could extend a play. Obviously, Drew Tate was. God, he was kind of like Fran Tarkington sometimes. He's all <laughs> over the place back there, you know, avoiding avoiding people and. And, um, you know, that, that, that's really when we're at our best. And I don't get it. I mean, uh, you know, I, it, it just, we, we don't go to a hurry-up offense. Maybe we can't because wide receivers don't know all the plays that well or something. Um, but it doesn't seem like we're trying anything different. And I think from a fan's perspective, that's the most frustrating. It's like Iowa State, you know, a good example again. They can recruit a kid. What is he a sophomore or is he redshirt sophomore? I don't know if he's been there two years or three years, and you know he didn't look great, but that was a hell of a defense he played. Our defense is great, yes, and and you know I think our defense is a lot better than Iowa State's defense, and 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 he was poised and yeah he made some bad passes, but but overall he he, he looked better than Petrus. And he did have his number one playmaker there. That's that's what you got to kind of come back to to a yes. certain But yeah, this week you could be right. I mean, you know, Petrus is going to get uh, his number one running back back. He's a, he's a an option to throw to as well. Um, and then in another week against uh, against uh, Rutgers, you know, hopefully we get Reganey back. And often we got two slot receivers. <laughs> Instead of one, <laughs> instead of one slot receiver playing wide receiver, but at least he got two guys that you know he's got confidence in. He's played with. Hopefully he come back, and then maybe by the Michigan game, you know we get Keegan back. with man, this whole thing with with Keegan Johnson, the whole thing's weird. I mean, night before the bowl game, something happens, he can't play, and then all of a sudden, he can't play all the way through spring practice. You know, I I, I don't know what's going on there. You know, I, I hear I I usually hear things. I've heard nothing. Mm. I mean, as to what's going on. Now, now they're saying, well, it's a hamstring. Well, has it been a hamstring since, <laughs> yeah, you Yeah,
0: December? December.
1: I mean, it, you know, and, and I know they're not going to tell us anything, but but still, I, I think there's more to it than a hamstring, and I, I don't think that's reaching too far. So you just hope that Keegan comes back and plays this year because if he doesn't, holy cow, I don't
0: I don't know. Yeah. You know? T- don't even want to think about that. He's Joe Smelka. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO and I promise it's not going to be all doom and gloom. Uh, uh next segment, Joe, I want to talk about some some of the positives. The the defense and uh some of the outlook, you know, the 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 rest of the Big 10 West doesn't look great either. So, hey, th- there's a chance to win some games. Hey, we even picked up a dual-threat quarterback over the weekend, believe it or not, uh, in the recruiting. So, I definitely want to get to some of that stuff in the next segment, but before we move on, Joe, um all of the things we've said and all of the things that have been talked about all the, all week and all the things that everybody listening to us knows about this offense and, uh, and, and all of the bad, and yet it feels like we're a play or two away from being two and zero, and the conversation being completely different. You know, if if and I don't yeah. want to put it on anybody in particular, but if if Arlen Bruce doesn't fall going into the end zone, if Matty Potty doesn't uh, fumble the ball, if uh, you know, I know Terry Roberts said he thought he had six on that interception. Uh, if if he doesn't fall down, if if you know, they don't get that Cooper DeGene late hit penalty, which I think was a, a not great call. But if if you, or if you stop them, Iowa State on one of those many third downs they converted in that long drive uh that's a different game i think Iowa wins and we're having a different conversation today and and that's just kind of how kirk ferentz football goes right it's it's one or two plays it's it's here and there every game's going to be close and so while you could lose every game you can also win every game and man two and oh would just feel a heck of a lot different than than one and one
1: i agree a hundred percent with everything that's going on with this team. so yep
0: all right, this is the Hawkeye nation.com radio show. Again, if you missed any of it, check it out at the Hawkeye nation.com, uh website or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Hawkeye Nation. We are powered by the Polk County Eye Club. Uh, reach out to Joe Schmelke if you want to take part in that. And uh, if you don't, if you're not going over to Kinnick this Saturday night, hey, the front row is a really cool place to watch the game over there in Clive. Uh, it's like a Hawkeye Museum. They have some some really cool things there. Joe, uh, big TVs. Clay and the and the crew will have you covered. I know my brother's not going to be there because he's uh, he's taking his son Hayden to his very first Hawkeye game on Saturday night. So I'm excited for them about that.
1: That's
0: fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we will be right back talking more. We're going to get a little more positive here, talk some defense, some special teams. Tory Taylor's still really good. And, uh, and again, I, I do see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, a little bit of a positive outlook uh, for the rest of the season because this season is far from over. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show right here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. Black on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Andrew Downs, Joe Schmelka here on 106.3 KXNO, powered by HawkeyeNation.com, the one and only place, the granddaddy of all Hawkeye, Na- uh, Hawkeye websites. Uh, check us out wherever you uh, get your podcast at Hawkeye Nation or just go to HawkeyeNation.com, and uh, you can see all the great work done by Rob Howe and Rick Brown and John Bonacamp and myself, and uh, we're having a lot of fun over there, even if the season is less fun than, than we hoped it would be. But uh, we're getting away from the negative stuff, Joe, here, I want to talk a little bit more about this defense which we haven't touched on yet, but man, this defense is so good. They are elite. They hit hard. They don't miss tackles. One of the things I've noticed and uh, I know it's it's been a while, but it just it, this light bulb went off in my head where typically you have a defense uh, that's as uh, ball hockey as this defense is that's as aggressive as this defense is and you can get behind them you can make a big play on them and especially a guy like Xavier Hutchinson and, and Hunter Deckers like like Iowa State had can usually make the defense pay at least once in, in a game or you know and we just we never see that this defense somehow can be so aggressive and go after the ball and come up and make plays in the running game and make these big hits and, and almost never miss a tackle and yet they also don't let anything get behind them and they don't give up the big play And we saw the one kind of busted coverage against South Dakota State but they weren't able to complete that and so that doesn't count And uh, it's, it's just incredible how Phil Parker has this defense just geared up tuned up, it, it is an elite level defense that's uh, not giving up many points and, and giving a, an offense that is statistically the worst offense in the country a chance to win games just by sheer uh, just by sheerly holding the other team down. It's so much fun to watch this defense, Joe.
1: Yeah, it's a, it, it, it truly is a great defense and, and you hate to see a defense like this, you know, somewhat wasted by the offense but we got to realize that this defense is going to keep us in most every game and Tori Taylor is going to keep us in a lot of games. Uh, hopefully we're going to get our field goal kicking thing straightened out and um, you know, we're going to have a chance Kick some field goals, right? But, um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, the defense is fantastic. I was a little surprised. Um, you, you would have thought with a young quarterback in Kinnick, I think you got two philosophies. You can go after him, you know, with some blitzes and some different things and try and really rattle him and hit him and bang him around a little. Or you can just kind of rush your top four. And I think Phil thought we could get more pressure than we did. I think we only had one sack. Yeah. The game, um, they got rid of the ball pretty quick and, and, you know, they, they, they played to their strength, I guess, on that side of it. But I didn't feel like we ever really got a lot of pressure on him. He did make two terrible passes. I mean, the one where Roberts intercepted it, I don't know how he fell down, but he did. And, or, or that might have been a pick yeah. six or certainly on a long ways back. And then the other one in the corner of the end zone, um, you know. Um, so I, I think the philosophy was, Let's just let's just let our defensive line do their work, and let's uh, let's drop back into coverage and, and try and make a couple of interceptions. And well, it worked for a couple of interceptions, but you, but you can't I mean, you can't fault defense at all to give up ten points. Yes, and and, uh, and and you know it could have been a lot worse. I mean, the field position we gave them at times, and turnovers, and and, and things. So. 10 points, you've got to win a game. Anytime your defense holds the other team to 10 points, that's, that's a game you got to win.
0: And I have, you know, because so much of the talk this week has been about the offense, and I think rightfully so, but you have had the the contrarians come out of the woodwork every once in a while and say, well, if the defense doesn't give up a 99 and a half yard drive, and or if they can get off the field, you know, in a 21 play drive, that, that sort of thing, then, then Iowa wins the game. And uh, and on the surface, that that's obviously correct, but this is how teams can beat Iowa's defense, and this is kind of what Iowa's Defenses is, is willing to give other teams, and we've seen it a handful of times. Um, most notably, obviously, in the 2015 Big Ten Championship game, that if if an offense is able to gain four yards a play without making a mistake. Without having a bad uh, turnover, without having a bad penalty that that puts them, you know, at, at a second and twenty or something like that, then Iowa will let them gain those four yards. They'll make their short tackles. They they they'll they'll you know, but the team can march down the field on Iowa. Um, it's just very rare that a team can actually do that, and so it's a credit to Iowa State that they were able to do that. A credit to Xavier Hutchinson for for making those plays and for Hunter Deckers for for throwing those balls. Um, and and when a defense is is asked to do as much as ours is and be on the field for forty minutes and hold teams, you know, yeah, you turn the ball over. What at the fifty yard line was the fumble I think from Spencer, and they don't get any points out of that. You you throw an interception inside the inside their red zone, the, your own red zone, and you don't give up any points. I mean, the the defense is putting out fires, um, and, and so I think it's just unfair to even question the defense at this point because as you said. 10 points in any game. If you if you allow 10 points, you should win every game.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, as, as we look back at last year and, and getting to 10 wins, you know, we won a lot of close games is really what happened. Um, it wasn't like we dominated very many people around Maryland and I don't know anybody else. But, you know, we kept the game close, and that's pure Kirk Ferentz, right? Keep the game close, let the other team make mistakes. Iowa State did that. I mean, our defense played great. Um, Iowa State made a lot of mistakes, and uncharacteristically, we made mistakes. I mean, we don't get you know uh, hitting somebody out of bounds penalties. I, I question that penalty when I looked at it on the video thing too. We don't typically fumble inside our own or inside their four or five yard line type thing. Um, you know, we just, we just we just we, we're doing a few things uncharacteristically. And then, yeah, our offense is hurt and beat up right now. And, and and those two things put your defense out there for an awful lot of time. And for as much time as they had to play to give up 10 points, you know, you go into a football game and, and you say, okay, we're going to play Iowa State, and Iowa State's only going to score 10 points. Hey, that's great. Yes. That's good wrestling for, for a
0: W. You, you feel um, pretty good about that, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so then, then looking forward here, Joe uh, – it's Joe Schmoker and Andrew Downs, HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Looking ahead at the rest of the schedule and really what now becomes the the goal and is the goal each and every year. And uh, it, it feels a little ridiculous, I guess, to talk about it right now with with the rest of the conversation happening around this team. Uh, but the goal is to win the Big Ten West and go play for a Big Ten championship and you know try not to get run out of the out of the building in, in Indianapolis if you face a, an Ohio State or a yeah. Michigan team. But uh, the Big Ten West is is there for the grabs. It's there for the taking. And if you think that uh, if, if I was going to get a couple of guys back, a couple of these playmakers back, if the offense could just get a little bit better, if the defense can sustain what it's been doing, and if the kicking game and, – and you make a great point. they just, Aaron Blom just hasn't had an opportunity to get out there very often. I mean, even on extra points, they've scored one touchdown. So uh, he just hasn't been on the field very much to, to kick. He's, he's only you know one and two on the season, but he hasn't had many opportunities. So if you can just – Square up a couple of these kind of small things, get a couple of these guys back on offense, figure that part of it out, get Spencer Peters right mentally. The Big Ten West is there for the taking. I mean, the only team without a loss two weeks into the season is Minnesota, and they've played two pretty bad teams. Now, they feel like they have a pretty good team up there with P.J. Fleck, and maybe they do, but that's yet to be seen. They haven't been challenged yet. Every other team has a loss. The Big Ten West as a whole is nine and seven this season, and so this is not a great division. uh These are beatable teams, and you're going to be in every game because of how good this defense is now Michigan, Ohio State, they may run you off the field. I don't know I, I think ohio state that that's that's going to be a rough that that's going to be a tough Saturday. I think pretty much every other game, even the Michigan game because it's inside Kinnick Stadium. I think I was yeah. going to be in in all of these games and have opportunities to win. And so, while it feels really bad right now after losing a rivalry game to a team you hate, uh, and the offense is so bad, man, we're two weeks into a long season. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity. I was going to win some games. They're not going to go 0 and nine in the Big Ten, and there is an opportunity to still have a good season here, uh, despite having a pretty bad offense.
1: Yeah, I, you know, obviously every game is key. Um, you you got to assume we're going to win this weekend. It doesn't really impact anything in the Big Ten. But, you know, you hope we get right. You hope we get a couple of guys healthy. And then you move on to Rutgers. That, that's a key game. I mean, you can't lose at Rutgers. I'm sorry. Um, you, you just can't if you're, if you're going to win the West. And then you got Michigan, probably, you know, you hope maybe. And, and then you go into an Illinois, another huge game, right? And then we got Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that one. And <laughs> no. then that, and you know, Northwestern doesn't look too tough. Um, Purdue, you know, they 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 just throw the ball everywhere. I don't see that they have a bell. Um, I don't think Jones is going to do against us what he's done against some of the other teams. But I don't, you know, whatever. But I think our defense matches up pretty good with Purdue. Wisconsin will be a war, um, and then uh, Minnesota. You know, we'll find out how good Minnesota is here in the next couple of weeks. And and you got to assume the Nebraska program's probably in shambles at least a bit right now. Maybe they come back and play for this coach. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But, yeah, it's still all there right in front of us. I mean, the Iowa State game is meaningless from the schedule point of view. I mean, it's, it's a big rivalry game. Don't get me wrong. You know, I want to win it, but. It, it doesn't mean anything to them in their conference. It doesn't mean anything to us in our conference. Um, we got to go out and win, you know, six, seven games, you know, in the conference. And yeah, there's there's six or seven games on there we can win. You know, I don't think there's any of them outside of Ohio State that really really looks bad. Um, you know, Wisconsin's obviously pretty beatable. Minnesota looks good, but they haven't played anybody yet. We don't know if they're good or not. Purdue always gives us fits. Northwestern always gives us fits, but Northwestern looks really bad. Yeah. So, lot need to play for. Long season. You know, Let's get healthy. Um, the offensive line is very, very young, and they're going to get better. They're going to get quite a bit better. Can we get a quarterback that can complete a pass to a wide-open guy five, six, seven yards down the field and be <laughs> careful if we can get that with some consistency, yeah, this team can still do some things. If we can't, it's going to be a long season. I mean, second yeah. half of last year was yep. what were we formed for? Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't do that. We got to have better quarterback play.
0: Yes, we do. Hopefully that starts this Saturday night, Joe. It's a 6.30 kickoff inside Kinnick Stadium. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to be over there. Uh, what? How, how do you feel? It's it's a Nevada team that I don't know a whole lot about. The one thing I do know is they gave up 55 points and 600-some yards to Incarnate Word last week, and so it's a defense that's ripe for the taking. It's, it's going to be a sold-out Kinnick Stadium. Uh, the, the fans haven't gotten that dejected where they're not going to show up and not going to be loud on Saturday night, and so it's a tough place for them to come. Uh, I hope it's a get-right game for Spencer Petrus, I was favored pretty big in this game. I mean, more, more than I, I'm I'm not sure they're capable of even scoring enough to, to cover the spread, but how how do you feel about this game? Kind of what's your prediction for Saturday night?
1: Well, I think Gavin Williams is back. Um, You know, I I think obviously we're, we we, we should control him. We should take it to him pretty easily. Um, You know, we got, we got a lot of things to work on. This is a perfect game at a perfect time for us to, to start working on some things, and and hopefully we get or hope our offensive line gets some confidence. Um, you know, we hit some swing passes to Gavin, and he does some things, makes some plays, and uh, you know our defense should just should should be pretty tough against them. Um, and we go down, you know, we win by two, three, four touchdowns. It's just a game that you got to have that happen. It's almost like a, a no win game, though. You know, it, it, it's kind of like we don't beat them thirty five to three or. 42 to 10 or, you know, something. And then everybody's still going to be howling. Oh, my gosh, Incarnate Word ran up 600 yards, and we struggled to get 350 yards against them. You know, I mean, we don't need to air everything out and show all of our playbook and do a whole bunch of stuff. We need to win the game, get our quarterbacks some confidence, get our offensive line some confidence, get some of our playmakers a week closer to being healthy. Absolutely. And you see where we go from there. Yep. To be a challenge
0: yeah I think you're right it's gonna be interesting uh, and, and you're right I think nothing can happen Saturday night that's gonna satisfy most of the fan base uh, Spencer Petris could you know throw for 500 yards and, and eight touchdowns and there's still gonna be people who who don't believe but I hope I hope he does have a good game I hope it is mental and he can figure it out uh, and, and and you know if Kirk Ferentz is riding with him I'll ride with him too I, I hope he can figure this out and, and lead this team to a good season Joe this has been a fun show as always uh, remind yep. people that to get out to for the front front row if, uh, if they're not heading over to Kinnick this week.
1: Absolutely. That's the best place in the world to watch games. game. Bo County Eichel will be out there. And get on out there, Clay and, and the gang and your brother. They, they all do just a great job. It's a ton of fun. It is a true Hawkeye bar. Okay, so get on out there and watch the game. Should be a lot of fun.
0: If you missed any of this show, check it out on the podcast page at hawkeyenation.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll be I'll be back with an instant reaction podcast, win or lose, Saturday night. Joe Schmelka, Andrew Downs, thank you so much for listening and go hawks.